Blessings, this is Pastor Larry Inclan with Living 412. We want to welcome you this beautiful afternoon. I'm sitting with my wife, Sarita Inclan. Hi, guys. And uh, we want to get right into it. We had uh, an awesome service yesterday where um, I believe God was really pointing us to some wonderful scripture, and we want to share that with you today. So we're going to take you to the book of Luke, chapter 5. And um, I have to say I was inspired uh, by Sister Carrie uh, of Pennsylvania, Sister Carrie Holmes, a wonderful woman of God who um, reached out to us uh, and said, hey, would you like to take part in rediscovering Jesus through the book of Luke? And she gave us the task of picking a, I guess, a chapter um, of what you would like to talk about. And then uh, we would do it on Facebook Live. Um, she also has a podcast that I just found out she's uh, either releasing or has released. I'm not sure just yet. I don't have the full details, but I'm excited about that. So when she proposed the idea, I loved right away the book of Luke chapter 5. It just calls my attention. There's so much going on in this chapter. Uh, but we only shared yesterday um, the first few verses. I think we only went through. Let me see here. Uh, wow. I think we only got all the way to like verse number 10 or something like that. But we'll we'll get there. Um, maybe a little bit more is what we did. Mm hmm. But it's there's so much going on in this in this chapter, and I'll give you a quick overview of what the chapter, uh, you know, brings to you or gives you. So in this chapter, we see that Jesus calls his first disciples. That's the area where we'll focus on, you know, today. Um, you also see the story of Jesus healing a man with leprosy. There's also the story of a man that uh, Jesus forgives and heals. Um, it was a paralyzed man. Then you also see him call Levi, um, who was a tax collector. We also know him as Matthew later on. Uh, and then there's also uh, a segment of this chapter where uh, Jesus is questioned about fasting. So there's a lot. It's an awesome, awesome chapter. Luke 5, if you guys have not taken out time to read it, I suggest you do. It's, it definitely edifies my soul, and I know it's going to be a benefit to yours. But let's stick to the first few verses, all right? It's going to be uh, Luke chapter 5, and I'll start with 1. Now, depending on which version you have, um, I've been using the NIV. I just find it uh, it's easy for reading, understanding, and also for, for teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, I also like to go into the King James, the New King James, and, and read the different versions so that any words that might have been changed, you know, I uh, I try to follow along and see what, what has changed. But yeah, definitely. it says in the scriptures that one day as Jesus was standing by the Lake of Gennesareth, I have to stop there. <laughs> the Lake of Gennesareth. It, I, I'm the type of person that I like to understand or like to look into the who, why, when, where, and what of scripture. Yeah. Right. Those are keys that you should use for for t for learning and it helps you with the application as well. So when I saw that they specifically mentioned the lake of Gennesareth, I said, why are they being so specific? Mm. Why are they pointing this out? Why is this being placed there? So there is a significance. There is an importance of why it's there. 
Um, they also call it the Sea of Galilee. Most people know it as that, the Sea of Galilee. But it drew my attention when I started looking up this, uh, this lake or Sea of Galilee as we know it. It is one of the lowest, uh, probably the lowest I think I read, the lowest lake in the world that is below sea level. It's about 200 meters, 215-ish, below sea level. Mm -hmm. That called my attention. I'll tell you why in a bit. But it says that people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. So at this point, you see that Jesus is already talking. He's already preaching. He's already teaching. He He's beginning to gain a following. Um, people are gathering around him. They're crowding him just to be able to listen to his word. Yes. To what he's saying, what he's sharing. Then it says that he saw at the water's edge two boats. It specifically says two boats. Left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. Mm -hmm. So just to paint the picture, I like to view what I'm reading. I'm a, I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to analyze things in my mind. So I picture the shore. I'm at the shore. There's two boats there. There's two men, it says, that were um, washing their nets. They were left by fishermen. They were washing their nets. Yes. Why are they specifically saying that they were washing their nets? Like all Everything, the details. Yeah. All the details. I just love it. I just love it. So why do they want us to know that the fishermen had left their boats mm -hmm. on the side and they were already washing their nets? That is to tell you that they were done. They were finished. Their, their fishing expedition for the night or day or whatever is done. You, yes. you ask any fisherman, once you're done, what do you do? You wash all your stuff. I spoke about a painter yesterday. You paint a house. You go paint whatever you're going to paint. When you're done, you wash your roller. You wash your brush. If you know what you're doing or if you're good at it, if you're just a one-and-done type of guy, like you don't do this for a living, yeah. you might buy cheap brushes. You paint your living room. Then you throw out your brush. A painter, a professional painter, will get expensive rollers, expensive maybe like a lambskin roller, expensive brushes, and then they will wash the brush with the tools that are made for washing these brushes and make sure they can they can get proper use out of it over and over again. So I'm I'm equating these two professions, fisherman and and uh and a painter, right? Because there is significance. Mm -hmm. So they want us to know that these fishermen were washing their nets, they're finished for the day. Yeah. It says in verse 3 that he got into one of the boats belonging to Simon, which later on we're going to know as Peter. That's important too. And he asked him to pull out from the shore. So in other words to get get a little bit away from the coast, from the sand, just Let's bring it out a little bit. And it's and he, it says that he then sat down and started teaching the people from the boat. Why is it so important for us to know that Jesus got into this boat, decided to sit down in it and, and start to teach? Mm. Everything matters. So for me, the way I took it, the way I received it was Jesus saw that there's this big crowd around him. He needed a place where he can say, okay, I want to still be able to reach them and talk to them and be within distance, but I want I want to be able to, you know, cast my voice. I want them to be able to hear me clearly, and I, I maybe the crowd was too much. 
So he sat down on the boat and he started teaching them and 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 speaking to them right from there. He t it says that he taught from the boat, signifying to me that the boat was being used as his pulpit. Wherever he stood, that was his pulpit. Wherever he walked, that is where he did ministry. Um, whether it was uh, positioned in a hot noon day in the middle of where no one would want to be, he would position himself at the well to speak to a woman. Whether it was in a sinner's home, which we'll you can read later in this same chapter, mm -hmm. he positioned himself there. In the places where you least expect it, he is there. In the lake of Gennesareth, in the, in the Sea of Galilee that is below sea level, he chooses this lake to do most of, well, a lot of his miracles, because you're going to see a lot of the miracles that happen, happen in this particular place, this particular lake. So Jesus is using this, using the boat, using the location all for the glory of God. And this is the same boat that these fishermen came back empty-handed with. It says that they were done. So when in verse 4 it says that Jesus had finished speaking, and he said to Simon, pull out deep into the water mm -hmm. and let down your nets for the catch. <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute, Lord. I just finished washing all my stuff. I just finished washing my nets, which I caught nothing with, but I got it all dirty, full of seaweed, because I've been fishing all night, and now you're asking me to throw it back in the deep end of the water, even though I just told you that I haven't caught anything, right? So, it's frustrating. This is where our life really comes into play here, mm -hmm. when... When we've tried everything that we can, when we've tried to do it our way, when we have toiled or have worked, and I know a lot of people can relate. I work so hard, why don't I have any money? I've, um, I've given all I got. How come this friendship didn't last? Um, I've given all to my marriage. Why isn't it working? My kids, I sacrifice for them. How come they don't appreciate? And, and it's the same thing. For this, for this particular instance where he, they've toiled all night, Simon even answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. So he wasn't complaining. He's just telling them a fact. Yeah. I've done everything that I could. And not only I, but his partners, because he wasn't alone. It says they were fishermen. M fishermen, not man. Fishermen. So there was more than one. Yep. Right? And between the collective, they all caught nothing. That's a horrible experience. This is their livelihood. This yeah. is what they live on. This is what they feed their families with. This is their profession. These are not rookies. These are fishermen by trade. So much so that you'll see later on in the chapter that the father of two of these fishermen was a fisherman. Mm -hmm. So it's a family business. So... Jesus gives him the instruction, pull out, go deep into the water, drop your net again. And I love Simon's reply. He says, Master, I worked all day or worked all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, 
I will let down the nets. Mm. Because you say so. And I wish we learned to be more like Simon. That should be a meme, right? Be like Simon. <laughs> be more like Simon. Be more like <laughs> Simon. That should be uh, like a, a t-shirt. You know what? Should I make a t-shirt like that? Be like Simon and obey Jesus. Go on in your little t-shirt. That's it. <laughs> because if we just forget about the I, and it's one thing we've been preaching about and oh teaching, yes. and, and any, any type of mentorship that we do is we need to put aside the I. And let it be about the master. Let it be about Jesus. Let it be about what he wants, not what I want. Yes. He knows my needs. He knows my desires. Yep. But he also knows what's good for me. He knows the timing. He knows why I don't have it now. I don't need to know why now. That's for him to know. Maybe for him, at that time, it wasn't good to catch those fish. I don't know. I can't say it. That's up to Jesus. You know. But in this particular instance... Simon is saying, because you say so. And how many times have we come across this situation in our lives where we want something or need something and we are so urged to get an answer, get a reply, get a result, and we don't get it, and, and it's frustrating. know it could be frustrating when you don't see the results that you want when you don't see the effort pay off when you and I was going to say that too because uh it, it's like I equate that scenario of trying and trying to fish all night and not getting anything and then having to just say I'm done and just start cleaning up it's I equate that to us as Christians. Whether if you're a new believer and you've just accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior down to someone who's been serving maybe all their life. Mm -hmm. It can get frustrating when you are trying to change your life. When you are trying to obey <laughs> God and do what he asks you to do. In every area of your life, and when you are faced with people who are not believers, or faced with people who have their own struggles, and it's hard for them to be obedient, you know, it is very difficult to see your results, your progression you know how well you're doing or even how how you're impacting someone else's life it's real it's really hard to see that stuff and you can get frustrated like them like it's done that's it we've tried everything we could yeah let's wash up and go let's wash up and that's it and then jesus comes up and says hold on <laughs> throw it back over. in yeah and 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 how you amazing. said that it's amazing how he said how Simon said, okay, so he had to step he had to stop for a moment in his mind, and say, all right, listen. I literally exhausted all the things that I know how to do. I literally exhausted everything I could potentially do. I'm gonna come back to that word. Go so, ahead. I'm just gonna try it his way. I'm mm -hmm. just going to, whatever. I'm going on it. <laughs> I'm going yep. on whatever he says. Yep. 
and he does it. And and that I feel like is such a huge testament to all of us as Christians and you that just accepted Jesus Christ. I know it's hard. And it's gonna you, you're gonna wanna throw in the towel so many mm-hmm. times. Because it's us that we've been serving the Lord for so many years and even still to this day sometimes you know, situations or people that we deal with might want to make us want to throw in the towel. But there goes Jesus once again, and he's going to do this over and over again. This is not going to, it's not just going to be a one-time thing. Jesus is constantly going to be coming in. The Holy Spirit's constantly going to be knocking at your heart, knocking at your mind like, hey, 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 listen to me. Do it my way. I promise you it's going to work. And all we have to do is just be obedient. That's it. You know, we don't have to, it's like you said yesterday, you know, Simon didn't come out with, but I've been trying it. No, no, no. No excuses. He just, all he did was just, just state a fact and said, okay. Yes. Yep. He stated a fact, uh, stated a fact saying we fished all night, caught nothing, but at your word, because you say so. Because you say so. I'll do it. But I love the fact that you said exhausted. Mm -hmm. I've, I'm not a fisherman by trade, but I've gone fishing. And I've gone deep sea fishing, mm-hmm. right? And I remember being on my first experience that I barely even fish at all. And, you know, I've, I've probably before that maybe done it two or three times off of either a pier or maybe the side of uh, a little lake or something, but never on a boat deep into the ocean. So my first experience it was it was crazy. It was wild. It I honestly felt like I was sitting in the wildest catch, you know, like the show. Yeah. Right. And and I might be exaggerating, but to me, that's what it was like because I was new to it. Right. And I came back exhausted. I went back and did it in Massachusetts up in Hyannis. And that was extremely exhausting fishing for six hours straight. Mind you, the fish were biting. We caught, I think, over 150 fish or something like that, yeah, 150 porgies, <laughs> and we came back with a lot, but it was exhausting. So now these fishermen, you know, they did exhaust everything that they had for the night. It's tiring. It is exhausting. You're casting, pulling in, casting, pulling in, and, and catching nothing. I know how I felt when I went my first time, and I think I caught a baby shark. I let it go because it's not a keeper, and I came back Mm empty-handed. That's what I caught, a baby shark, and I had to throw it back in. So I came back with no fish. Uh And that's just me, not a professional. Mm -hmm. Now imagine that this is your livelihood, how disappointed you have to be to come back to whether it's your wife, whether it's your cousin, your uncle, your father. You're you're the boss of the company, and you come back empty-handed. I caught nothing. Yeah. That disappointment weighs on you. You're washing your nets, head down, feeling bad, and you're just scrubbing away at the nets, casting off, you know, taking off all the seaweed, knowing you came back empty-handed. And at that lake, that is the lowest below sea level, at the lowest moment in Simon's possible week or day or month, I don't know, but it says in that moment it was his lowest Mm. as a professional, as a person, as a man, feeling defeated. I did this all night and got nothing. Mm. 
for Jesus to come out and say, let's go into the deep, pull out even further, drop your nets. It takes faith for Simon to just say, at your word. It's not the faith of you and I that we've seen all the miracles. At that point, they hadn't seen almost anything yet. Mm-hmm. They're still be- beginning to see who the master is. They're, s- they're just beginning to to realize the capacity of who Jesus is. Our faith now is or is or should be stronger because we we have the Bible to read historically everything that happened. But them at that point where the history is be- being written for him not to doubt and say at your word oh my goodness that to me blew my mind because it's like if 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 we have these historical facts we have uh the ability to read it all the time and and meditate on it pray on it and and make it part of our lives why do we struggle with our faith sometimes and we put excuses and we are not like Simon that says at your word, because you said, because it's you, I'm doing it. And he just went. He he went out and did it. He, in faith, you know, maybe at first he thought Jesus was crazy. I don't know. But he said, Master, he acknowledged him. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. You know, it reminds me of what I said yesterday in the preaching because, honestly, you know, it's what the Holy Spirit, it's what God has been trying to teach me for so long. And and it's hard. And no matter what, I'm always going to have a struggle, some kind of struggle. But I know that it's, and I recognize this, because we constantly, are, we need him. We're in need of him. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be a moment where we reach where we're like, it's our pinnacle and that's it. We're done. We've, we've, we've met the mark no that's no it. because mm-hmm. we're always going to be in need of him and so w- you know what i said yesterday was that you come to jesus you get saved you accept him as your lord and savior so whatever it is that y- has been keeping you from him has been keeping you from being close to him and being connected to him and being in relationship with him you made the decision you took the step and said i accept you in my life here i am and he uh, and he takes you when you make that decision you instantly receive salvation and when you instantly receive salvation you receive everything that comes with it everything that comes with the holy spirit everything so if you're in need of healing if you're in need of mm-hmm. of uh, restoration all kinds of amazing things that God has to offer us, we receive it instantly. However, and this is something that I have tried to drill in my own brain, (laughs) however, we are going to live this, until the day we die, we are going to be living this life, going through that trusting him constantly, reminding ourselves to trust him, reminding ourselves that we got to do it with his strength, reminding ourselves that he we have to do it his way not our way things like that constantly removing ourselves uh, ourselves from the equation constantly dying to self constantly taking up the cross 
every single thing that we're learning in the word of God, we are going to be constantly doing that for the rest of our lives. So don't feel discouraged when you've decided that you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You do it. You take the step. You feel that restoration or you feel that healing. And then months later, you're struggling again. Remember to come back to Jesus. The idea is to constantly keep praying. That's why we make it and we're so adamant about prayer, reading the word, mm-hmm. you know, listening to worship music. It's not because you're trying to look like other somebody else. You're not trying to look like another Christian. You're not trying to appear as though you're saved. That's not the idea. It's not to put on this mask. Yeah, I know that the Bible says put on the armor of God, but the armor of God is not as a costume. You're not putting a costume on. The armor of God is your livelihood. It's like your likeness. The armor of God is what you put on, so this way you can fight. Armor is not put on as clothing. Armor is put on as a defense mechanism so that you can defend yourself against the the enemy's tactics in this world. So we have to constantly put on prayer, constantly put on reading the word, constantly. Those, that's our armor. And that's what we have to put on every single day. And so doing it his way is going to be our our defense mechanism for the rest of our lives. And and that is the encouragement that I give you today. If you're a new believer or if you are someone who has been serving the Lord for X amount of years and, you know, the the the, the struggle has been very real for you, especially nowadays when fear and stress and depression are so high because of COVID, you know, that you're trying to save these people and you're trying to reach these people and it's been so hard. I encourage you to just keep holding on to his way, his way, because it can be exhausting like we're learning here with Simon. His way and don't give up. And when you hold Trust on to his ways, it's uh, yeah. you end up seeing the results, and we see their results. In verse six, is it says that when they had done so, that means when they let down the nets, they had caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So much fish that they had to signal for their partners. There you go again, letting you know there was more fishermen there you go. for uh, their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats. That's so good. Both boats. So the your obedience will not only bless you, but it will overflow and bless others. The obedience of, of Simon blessed the other fishermen, and it overflowed so much that even it says that the boats almost began to sink. And it's so good that it says signal the others because not only can you signal someone when the when it's a lot and it you want to bless others, absolutely, hands down, that's what you need to do. When you're receiving in abundance, go ahead and bless somebody else in abundance, right? Mm-hmm. But also signaling when you are in distress, when you are at your lowest. Signal someone else, your brother and your sister in Christ to help you pray. Signal someone else so you can sit and read the word together. Let them know I'm struggling in this area so they can lift you up. That's what we're here for. We're yeah. here to be brothers and sisters in Christ that lift each other up. So it's it goes both ways. You can 
signal someone because you want to bless them. Signal someone because you need the, you know, the encouragement. It's just, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, Amen. these applications and how we can apply it to our lives today. God is so good. So good. <laughs> amen, amen, definitely. Um, so those are our basic uh, closing thoughts, I guess you can call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do want to leave you with a challenge. Uh, it's a challenge that I extended um, to home church, um, the church that the Lord has been gracious enough, gracious enough to allow us to lead. Um, but it is a challenge that um, for some reason the Lord just put it in my heart and I know it's going to be um, it's going to be a blessing. But for the rest of the month of December, uh, we want to make it intentional. We want to be focused on on prayer, uh, but not only our own prayers, but we want to challenge you. Uh, we want you to join us, but we want you to challenge yourself to reach out to someone, whether it's by text, by phone, uh, by a phone call, knocking on a neighbor's door, anything like that. Reach out to them and just say, hey, I'm going to be praying for the rest of this month and I want to include you in my prayers. Is there anything specific that you would like me to pray about on your behalf? And that is basically letting them know that you are ready to take um, take them and their lives and their situations to the throne, uh, take them to God and you intercede on their behalf. And uh, I believe that if we do that, we are going to see some wonderful testimonies and hear about wonderful testimonies of what the Lord has done. Because these miracles that we read in, in the scriptures, they have not stopped. They no. continue to happen. They continue to um, bless us. And uh, we can tell you of so many things that have gone on in our lives that we know the Lord is working. So we challenge you. We know that it's going to be a blessing not only for you, but for others as well. So. Uh, if you accept the challenge, do it. Knock on a door, text somebody, call somebody and say, hey, I want to pray for you. What can I pray for? And do it intentional, do it earnestly and do it in faith, knowing that God can work a miracle. Do it the way Simon did and say, because you say so, Lord, I will do it. Amen. So uh, thank you for joining us. If you want to reach out to us, you could uh, reach out to us at ministries 6 at gmail.com. You could also uh, look us up on Facebook at Inclan Ministries. You could also find us at uh, HC Vineland, which is our home church Vineland uh, Facebook. We also have our website, which is homechurchvineland.com. You could also reach us there. One last thing, if you are listening to this uh, through the radio, we want to remind you that you could also listen to it on a podcast every week we'll post it on the podcast as well so if you missed any portion you could go back and listen to it uh you it, we're available on spotify uh apple itunes um as well as uh, stitcher and amazon and google's gonna be coming up pretty soon uh if you're listening to it on a podcast and you want to listen to it on our local radio station shoot us a message let us know what's the christian radio station by you and we'll see if we can make it happen amen we love you guys god bless you and uh, we can't wait to meet with you again.